Hello and welcome again to another episode of our program, Develop. It is our absolute honor and privilege to have your company with us as we commence a brand new series, which we've titled A Holiness Movement. And the premise of this uh, particular series is to reorient us to the brand of Christianity that Jesus modeled on earth. He taught it to his followers. He died and rose again in order to introduce it to the entire world. And I wonder if you've ever experienced a product that you purchase, maybe a, a good brand that you purchase as a bargain. And once you began to use it, you discovered that it wasn't what you've desired it to be. I recall when uh, several years ago, when we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary, my wife Susie and I traveled to Bali to spend a little bit of a holiday there. And Bali is such an enjoyable place because you don't have to run around and do what you usually do at home and at work and so forth. And, you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful place to, 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 to enjoy a bit of a holiday in it. Uh, and whilst we enjoyed, you know, the food, the pool, the sun and so forth, my wife was really determined to find plenty of gifts to bring back to our three children uh, who stayed behind in Australia. And uh, it, we soon enough found the market uh, in, uh, in Bali. And, uh, and uh, if you've ever been there, uh, there are so many shops stuck to one another. They all seemingly selling the same thing. If it's not T-shirts, brand T-shirts, by the way, it's colognes or it's shoes or uh, it's, it's dresses or whatever it might be. But there are so many shops selling the same thing. So we learned very early on on our trip that people can bargain. Mind you, they probably all agreed on the same prices, but we found a, uh, a person on the bus who told us, whatever prices they tell you, go third, go third. Keep going down until you get it to third. And even when you pay third, you know that you've been ripped off anyway. So it's all all right. Um, we went to a particular shop. I, I don't really enjoy shopping, but we went to a, a one of those shops and I discovered a uh, an aftershave that I really like. It's an eternity brand. And in Australia, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not that cheap. So I was pleased to hear the, the first price that uh, the shop owner gave us, knowing that we're going to bargain it to a third of the price. And indeed, we got a real bargain. So instead of getting one bottle, I asked for three bottles. And once we got back to our hotel and I started using the uh, the aftershave, I discovered that the first 10 minutes, it smells absolutely fantastic, exactly like the original. But after 10 minutes, it smells like cucumber or water, if they have a smell. It smells so horrible. You feel like you haven't put anything on. So I thought maybe I'll put three times the quantities to keep the smell going for a while. But the reality is, when you don't buy the original, you may save yourself a little bit of money, but it doesn't really feel the same. It doesn't last the same amount. It doesn't give you the same experience. 
And I dare say in our Christian endeavor, we may have purchased a fake brand of Christianity. It's so similar. It looks so similar to the brand that Jesus modeled. It smells initially so similar, but eventually realize that it's not what you desired it to be. And I don't know about you, but through my uh, little experiences of of people around in churchgoers, friends, mentors, and, uh, and people that I've experienced who call themselves Christians, maybe even some who call themselves born-again Christians. There are counterfeit brands of Christianity that we encounter everywhere. There is a group of people that to whom Christianity is basically a religious activity. They, they have no relationship, no personal relationship with Christ, but maybe they are engaged in, in, in their church environment in plenty of volunteering uh, ministries. Maybe they know the lingo that other Christians use. Maybe they are just part of a Christian environment and that gives them some sort of security that they must be Christians because that's what Christianity is, that we are all together in this religious environment speaking religious words and doing religious activities. Others of us who call themselves born-again Christians who have uh, considered Christianity as a transaction. There is no real regeneration uh, of heart, that God doesn't necessarily recreate their hearts, but they have made an emotional response once upon a time where a preacher gave a presentation of what it means to, uh, you know, to have a relationship with God uh, from uh, Genesis all the way to Revelation explains the idea that our relationship with God is being broken and Christ came and died so that we can have a restored relationship. And if you come up the front, you know, Jesus saves you and you have 100% assurance of an eternal life with God forever. And uh, for some of these people, they swipe the card. They have a transaction, a bargaining agreement with God where they give Christ, they sin, they receive forgiveness, but they live untransformed lives. They just live as if they've never encountered Christ. But they always go back to say, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, I made a decision to follow Jesus, but that hasn't impacted their lives. Or maybe you've seen a brand of Christianity that is very much theoretical or sensationalist, where there is no real internal righteousness, there is external activities, there is external knowledge, there is external doing, but there is no change of the heart that is maintained. There is no ethical uh, manifestation of a changed character. And these people may know a lot of the scripture, maybe know far more more than you and me and they quote from here and there and they contrast this passage with this passage they full of knowledge but sometimes you have to get that sense that they are extremely judgmental they not really living out a moralistic lifestyle and they don't love people the way they claim the scripture says that they ought to love people there are contra uh, counterfeit brands of Christianity and the danger things that makes this series for us so important is those particular brands of Christianity are 
culturally shaped instead of Christ-ordained. They've been shaped by the culture, particularly Western culture, instead of uh, being ordained by Christ, and they have dangers associated with them. Number one, they don't resemble the New Testament Christianity. Number two, they don't transform our way of living on earth. And number three, they don't lead to an eternal life of Jesus, regardless of how many times you try to convince yourself that just because you've made one decision, that guaranteed your eternity, regardless of the lifestyle that you live. And I submit to you today that the brand of Christianity that Jesus modeled and taught and lived and died and rose again to present to the world is a brand that is a brand about holiness. That is about a holiness movement throughout all of history. The scripture shows us over and over and over again that Christ is did not just come so that we can have change of um, assertions and belief, but so that we can have a changed heart and as a result, a changed lifestyle. A holiness movement is a lifestyle that resembles the image that God created us to bear, which is really Christ-like life. Because Christ is essentially the invisible image of God. So He's shown us what it's like to live the image that God created us to bear. So to live in holiness is 100% a declaration that we live a Christ-like life. Holiness is basically a Christ-like life. And that's the brand of Christianity that we are taught to adopt in the scripture holiness is not just a, a rule books it's not it's not like what you would imagine you know holiness is about ticking boxes is about kill joys is about you know doing the strict things and the hard things and having no life at all it's it's about people who are somber and angry and 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 sad and it's about people that following almost cultish uh, strict type of rules that's not Holiness. Holiness is not about rules. It's about character. Holiness is, is not about following what somebody else says that you should live. It's about allowing the life of Christ to be manifested in our lives. It's not an external adherence uh, to regulations and, and traditions. It's about a change of a renewed mind that is manifested in renewed behavior. Um, one of the uh, wonderful books that speaks about the message of holiness is written by Derek Tidball in 2010 and define holiness in a beautiful way. He says, holiness is about the restoration of the image of God in which we were formed. In His innermost nature, God is holy. And to be fully and truly human is to conform to and reflect His holiness in our lives. The result of sanctification is that we become fully alive human beings in whom Christ has been formed. In simple term, 
Holiness is about living the life of Christ that we were created to live, even from the beginning of creation. The idea of sanctification, it's a process. Sanctification is a gradual process towards that life of Christ-likeness, where the Holy Spirit of God manifests the character qualities of a holy God in His holy people uh, more consistently, ever more consistently. See, there is no life that is of a holy expression unless the Holy Spirit has set His people apart for God's exclusive use. And that's really the meaning of holiness. You see, holiness, we call God holy. Simply, you know, we say God is holy, 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 as I will share with you in the next uh, um, session. Uh, but holy means He's set apart, He's separate, He is completely transcendent, He is unique, He is different from all of creation. And those people who belong to God, those people who attach themselves to God, they become holy people. They are set apart from common uh, use to the exclusive use of God. They fully devoted to God. And anything in the scripture that was fully devoted to God, we call that holy. Whether it's the holy place, whether it's, uh, it's holy utensils, or whether it's holy people, the priests of the Old Testament, or whatever it might be, uh, holy is what is devoted to God and His exclusive use. So we are made sanctified. We are made holy. We resemble the character traits of Jesus as we allow the Holy Spirit to set us apart for God's exclusive use so that we could live out or God could allow us to exhibit by the power of the Spirit the life of Christ in us where we manifest His character and live fully for His purposes. So holiness is simply about living or revealing the life of Christ in us. And I want during this uh, series, this is probably the longest series I've ever done. I'm going to separate it into three primary segments. You could call each of them a series. The first segment, I want to make the case of holiness based on its foundations in the scripture. I want to show you that biblically, God intends for us to live a holy life. And that should be our motivation. That should give us the why we want to pursue holiness or pursue Christ-likeness. But I also want to share with you the failure of Christians in living a holy life. Whenever you see uh, Christian groups or Christian individuals who are not serious about pursuing holiness, they may have been tricked by one of those little um, aspects that brings about failure. The warnings in the scripture that tells us be careful of this and that. And when we ignore that, we become indifferent to a walk of holiness. We fail to pursue holiness. We either misunderstand holiness or undermine holiness, but we fail 
to live it out practically. And finally, I want to give you uh, several sessions uh, on the factors to how we can exhibit, pursue and exhibit the life of Christ, how we can live a holy life. What are some of the factors that would enable us to live that type of of life because it's not naturally possible for human beings to be able to live the life of Christ unless God actually gives us his empowerment uh, through the scripture and we'll mention several of those in our uh, third uh, mini series within this particular series so the first one that I want to share with you today just give you an overview of the uh, biblical thread that provides the foundation foundations to everything we're going to talk about over the next eight to nine sessions uh, about the whole concept of pursuing holiness. And if you examine uh, the biblical narrative, the story of redemption from Genesis to Revelation, you realize that it has a thread of identity and calling. You see, the problem many a times with our Christian assertions and beliefs is we present the story of redemption from one side only. Some Christian groups focus on the idea that God created us so that we can be His children, so that we can resemble His family identity, so that we can ha have His nature. Other groups focus on His calling, that God created us to exhibit His nature so we have a life of practical holiness to resemble the holy nature of God. And that requires our participation, requires our involvement, requires our effort. Uh, both sides of the equation are missing the whole point because they emphasize either human responsibility or God's sovereignty or they emphasize identity and our position in God and undermine our calling and our practical life. They emphasize our state and they may undermine our, uh, uh, um, they emphasize our standing and they um, undermine our state of living. So if we don't bring those together, we have a brand of Christianity that is incomplete. But throughout the scripture, as I will show you in the next nine sessions, that God highlights from the beginning that He's created us with an identity in order to live out a calling. He created us to be like Him in order to exhibit this likeness. And in the next uh, uh, sessions, we're going to focus on this grounding based on one particular scripture, but we will look at all uh, the various scriptures throughout the different books of the Bible. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 16, Peter instructs the believers as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Let's pause for a second. The first thing he said to them that you are children of God. That is your uh, standing. That is your status. That's your position. That's your identity. You have been adopted into God's family. That is the reality of who you are. 
But then immediately within the same sentence, he says to them, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. That is your practical life. That is your calling. That is how you live the reality of who you are. Then he says, but just as who he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And he is quoting here the scriptures from the book of Leviticus where God told the Israelites to be holy because He is holy. That means our pursuit of holiness is grounded in who God is. We live a holy life in all that we do. So it's a conduct. It's not just an expression or, a, or, or just a, a mystical experience. It's a reality that is lived out on a daily basis in all you do, says Peter. Why? Because we are already made children of a holy God. So we need to live that life style. So over the next nine sessions, I want to talk to you throughout the scripture, literally from Genesis to Revelation. And I wish, I genuinely wish I could take the 66 books of the Bible and show you that in every single book, there is the thread of our identity and our calling as holy people. But I will focus on nine, uh, on nine sections and I will talk in each, uh, uh, firstly about the person of God. From Isaiah chapter 6, we're going to see that God is a holy God. And if we encounter this holy God, we are, we, we are motivated, we are prompted, we are energized to want to live that holy life. Then I'm going to talk about the purpose of creation. We're going to look at it from Genesis chapter 1 uh, verses 27 uh, where God says that He created us in His image. And then we're going to refer to F uh, Ephesians chapter 1 <clears throat> where He tells us that we're adopted into His family and He says that we're adopted into His family so that we can be Look at this, it's crazy. It says, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. And this is the character and the image of God. In fact, Paul repeats uh, the same concepts in, in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. He says, And to put on the new self, Created to be like God. In what way, Paul? He says, in true righteousness and holiness. He tells us that we are adopted as God's children to live a holy and blameless life in righteousness and holiness, which is the image of God. We are children. That's our identity. We are called to live in righteousness and holiness. That's our calling. And then we're going to look at the plan uh, of redemption. That even though uh, humanity uh, fell and uh, distorted uh, and defaced the image of God, that God didn't change His mind and say, okay, don't worry about this identity and calling. Let's do something different. 
No. He, their whole history where he began with Abraham and Israel and all the way to the coming of Jesus, the Lord was planning for his people Israel to be a holy nation, to be a royal priesthood. He gave them the law and he gave them the sacrifice, sacrifices and, and he's given, uh, given them a moral standard of living so they can be different from their neighboring pagans uh, that, you know, in the surrounding cities where they lived. So God didn't change his mind and when they couldn't live in obedience he promised a new covenant a new covenant with the holy spirit will change our hearts give us a new heart our identity and then uh, and and then work through us so that we can follow the decrees of god in ezekiel chapter 36 it's the same thing nothing has changed and then we're going to hit hard on the parts of the sal of salvation i want to say to you and i will prove it from the scripture that salvation in the new testament is a process that has three parts that we are truly saved from the punishment of sin but we also are saved from the power of sin on a continual basis until we are saved from the presence of sin when Christ returns. So from the point of being saved from the punishment of sin, we call that justification. That's a status. That's a standing. That's a position. Until the time where we're perfected when Christ returns, our entire life on earth, guess what? Our entire life on earth is supposed to be a life of holiness. It's the process of sanctification where Christ-likeness manifests in us more consistently as we grow. So we're going to address that. And when people say, but I can't live like Jesus in the world, we're going to look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and see the biggest reason why we can. It's because we share in divine nature. We participate in divine nature or we are partakers of divine nature. That's our uh, potentiality where God placed in us by the power of the Spirit, His DNA, the Christ DNA, and then He tells us to make every effort to live that out. What God worked on the inside, we work out by collaborating with the Spirit in a moment-by-moment -moment obedience where our potentiality, our position, our standing with God, our identity is expressed in daily life, which is our practical holiness and our, uh, uh, and our uh, Christ-likeness on um, practical level, our conduct. And then we're going to look at the pattern of New Testament believers, that they actually lived a holy life. They were instructed to allow their new identity to impact their daily conduct. And we'll see that through the New Testament. The apostles always had a doctrinal uh, uh, segment of their uh, letters and they had the practical implication, doctrines and duty. And we'll see how the believers lived that life of holiness. Then we're going to look at the passion of the apostles. They didn't just want to make converts who have changed their position or their legal standing with God. They wanted to produce disciples who are mature. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27 and 29 where Paul says that he labors to the point of exhaustion. Why Paul? So that people can be presented mature that is like Christ as we see in Ephesians chapter 4. 
And then we're going to progress to the pressing need of the world. We realize that the world needs us to influence them so they can come and embrace the Savior and have a different eternal address. Yet, in 2 Timothy, Paul instructs his disciple Timothy that it's only those people who cleanse themselves. He acknowledges that, that Timothy is a worker and a farmer, an athlete who is completely embraced by the grace of God and must be strengthened by the grace of God. But his identity as a man of God needs to be translated in his walk of holiness. He says, if you cleanse yourself from those things, you will be useful for the master, ready for every." good work and you will be able to rescue people from the trap of the enemy how can we make a difference in the world live a life of holiness and finally we're going to go all the way to second peter and revelation chapter 21 and look at the preparation for heaven people are motivated to live and pursue holiness because that's motivated by the second coming of Christ. Peter says, what manner of people, otherworldly type of people ought you to be? And the second coming, the parousia, the, 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 the return of Christ should motivate how we live today. These nine sessions, I pray, will enable you to feel provoked and stimulated and compelled to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to pursue holiness for all of your life on earth. Why? Because that's the original brand that Jesus modeled on earth, taught to his disciples and died and rose again and secured its empowerment by, the, by sending the Holy Spirit so that we can live in a holiness movement to live out the Christ-like life that He purchased for us by His blood. May the Lord encourage you and motivate you as we go through this series. We are so honored to have you. Until next time, be utterly blessed. 